0: I was about 11 years old when I had my first flashbacks of sexual abuse.
1: Becky Nordquist was abused by members of her parents' church. And that's not the only trauma she's experienced. Becky has been abandoned by a husband, and she's grieved the loss of pregnancies and a stillborn baby. But instead of turning away from God, Becky has allowed all of those heartbreaks to draw her closer to God.
0: He is still in the business of healing lives and saving souls and redeeming what seems completely unredeemable.
1: You're about to hear how God redeemed Becky's life. And we hope her story will fill you with hope in the midst of whatever trials you're walking through, including any anxiety you may be experiencing as a result of COVID-19. This is GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Phil Fleischman, in quarantine, recording this from home.
2: And I'm Jim Kirkland, in the studio, but... Practicing very good social distancing. In fact, it's not hard. There is next to nobody else here. Such are the times we are in. Becky Norquist, our guest, has seen the worst and the best a family can be. And a little later in this episode, we're going to hear from Billy Graham. He's going to share a word about God and the family.
3: Now, what went wrong with the family? God had an ideal plan. What went wrong with it? Sin entered the Garden of Eden and destroyed the family.
2: But that's not where the story ends. God can restore families. And he does that through the restoration of individual lives. It begins with surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. We can tell you more about that at our website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's
1: findpeacewithgod.net.
2: And if you didn't catch that address, no worries. It is in our show notes.
1: We also want to let you know about a 24-hour prayer line that we have set up in response to the coronavirus crisis. The number is 888-388-2683. I'll give that to you again in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about a really touching story I heard about a man who called that line the other day. He was an older man and kind of an angry man who had spent time in prison and had dealt with addiction. He saw an ad for the number on TV, and he decided to call it just to tear in to whoever answered the phone. But long story short, what ended up happening was he shared his story with the person who answered the phone. They told him about God's love for him and offered to pray with him. He ended up surrendering his life to Jesus Christ right there on the phone. By the time he hung up, he was beginning to experience the joy and the peace that only Jesus Christ can offer. That number, again, is 888-388-2683.
0: GPS. God. People. Stories. I'm Becky Nordquist, and I grew up on the east side of the state of Michigan, near the Detroit area.
1: Becky was a PK, a pastor's kid, and she was the youngest of six children.
0: I was a late-in-life baby, so I came about almost 12 years after my last sibling, so I was raised kind of like a an only and a youngest all at the same time. I had my parents totally to myself. My dad was a pastor of a little church in Heartland, Michigan, and uh, my parents deeply loved the Lord Jesus uh, and taught me much about devotion to Him. They instilled a love for the Word of God, and I accepted Christ at a very young age. I remember being about three and a half when I went to my mom in the kitchen of the parsonage, and I yanked on her pant leg, and I said, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. She said, okay, let's kneel down, and we'll pray, and we'll ask Him to come into your heart and be knelt down, and I folded my little hands and she said don't repeat after me dear jesus and i said dear jesus and i said wait 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 is this gonna hurt because i you know i had a thought you know and she said no and she explained it but truly what i've come to find is that refinement and um you know truly dying to self can be quite painful When we choose to follow Jesus Christ, it's not an easy process to become more like Him.
1: Pain entered Becky's life when she was just a child. Two different members of her father's church sexually abused her over the course of several years, starting when she was only three or four years old. Becky blocked some of it out for a while, but then the flashbacks started
0: about 11 years old when I had my first flashbacks of sexual abuse. And I truly believe that God moved me to follow him at such a young age because he knew I would need that deposit of the Holy Spirit so that I would literally survive what I was about to go through. It was his way of saving my life quite literally. I had memories of... People in the church, and I went home and I asked my mom if something happened with these people, and she confirmed that it did. And the real sorrow in it was that my parents knew, and they chose not to do anything about it. So I was allowed to remain in contact with these people, and the abuse continued for several years. You know, my mom was so repentant when I asked her. And just tears and said, I thought you'd forgotten. And I said, why didn't you do anything? Why aren't they in jail?
2: One of the men who abused Becky is now in prison for unrelated charges of child pornography and assault. But he was still free when Becky found out what had happened to her. Becky's biggest question at first was, why?
1: Maybe you have suffered through trauma or abuse that was not your fault and wondered why. And how many people around the world are asking why? Why? in the midst of this coronavirus outbreak.
2: Becky would learn something important about that question, but it would take her many years. As a preteen, she demanded immediate answers, and the ones her parents attempted to give were not acceptable. In fact, they were just hard to imagine. They told Becky they had been afraid that bringing the abuse into the light would break up the church.
0: All that I thought I knew and understood about God And all that I thought I knew and understood about my parents just came crashing down into pieces. And I really had a difficult understanding. That question that many people grapple with is, if God is so good, why would he allow a little girl who loved him so much to go through such a horrendous thing? And that was the wrestling all through my teenage years. I was rebellious. I was furious with God, because he was not who I thought he was. He was not the God I had made him to be. And, uh, you know, so I rebelled.
2: In her senior year of high school, Becky got pregnant and married the father of her child. It wasn't the life Becky had envisioned, but the pregnancy was a turning point in her walk with God.
0: I knew, even though I was angry with God, I knew that I could not have... Uh, children, raised children apart from him, as weird as that might sound. There was something in me, I, I believe it was the Holy Spirit. I knew at that moment that I belonged to him, regardless of how I felt, if that makes any sense, you know, but I just knew I was so, I was his and I knew I couldn't do life completely apart from him, even though I was furious with him. So it sounds really ambivalent, right? And it was, but somewhere deep inside, I knew I was not my own. I I just, I can't explain it other than that.
1: Becky and her husband had four children together. In her early 20s, she was raising a family, going to church, leading worship, and crumbling on the inside because she had never dealt with her childhood trauma.
0: My parents did not believe in counseling. And I think there was some concern about what that would look like if the pastor's daughter needed psychological help. But the trauma was so severe, I really, really struggled. And so finally, after the fourth child was born, I found myself severely, chronically, clinically depressed. I didn't want to live anymore. Basically, my words to God were, I'm tired. I can't carry this anymore. And I don't want to wake up tomorrow. And so I started making plans when I kept waking up to end it.
1: Eventually, Becky ended up in a mental health hospital to get some help. And that was another turning point in her relationship with God.
0: So I find myself this night in mental hospital on the floor, at risk of sounding overdramatic. The moon was shining in the window, and I just said, God, if you're there, if you are real, I need you to become real for me. Is there anything in that book for me? Anything? And I picked up my Bible and I did something I never did and I still don't do, <laughs> but I let it fall open because you never know when it's going to take you to like Leviticus, you know. <laughs> and, um, but that night, my Bible fell open to Psalm 88, which is the black psalm. And it is the psalmist crying out from the depths of despair and yet still acknowledging that God is sovereign. And in that moment, I just found that he was there with me in that moment. And he revealed to me so preciously that not one second of that whole situation, all those situations, they didn't escape him. And he wasn't blind to them. And he wasn't deaf to the cries of my heart. He wasn't aloof to my wounds. He was very much present and wept with me. And understood, and it was like a whole door opened.
2: A short time after Becky went back home, she had a life-changing experience with God. It all started with a group of friends who had been faithfully
0: praying for her. They just knew something was off. They knew me well enough to know that something wasn't quite right with Becky, and um, they invited me to start praying with them, which led to me really rededicating me, my heart to the Lord. And Um, one night we couldn't meet and they invited me over to their house, one of the ladies and her husband, and I was brought up very conservatively. So we didn't do the whole anointing of oil and laying out of hands. That was just not something we did. Um, but that night they asked if they could, I'm like, Oh, what can it hurt? You know, I was on five medications for anxiety, depression, sleeping, all this stuff. I'm like, uh, you know go ahead. I'm not sure how much it's really going to help. But that night, um, I walked into their home and it was like in my head, I could hear, it was like 10 television sets being turned on in my mind all the time. And I walked in there like that, but I walked out of their house in complete silence. And if I hadn't lived that and experienced the mighty healing of God, I could not testify to that. Um, I ended up at my psychologist, the therapist and the psychiatrist, the next, I guess it was two weeks after that. And I walked in and he looked at me and he said, what has happened to you? You do not even look like the same person. And I wasn't, um, serious game changer because God broke through a level of my soul like never before. And, um, It wasn't long after that, he opened up doors to share my testimony about his healing and his mercy and forgiveness and grace and how um, he is still in the business of healing lives and saving souls and redeeming what seems completely unredeemable.
2: God had met Becky's deepest needs as he brought healing to her mind and her soul. And he did it just in time, too, because Becky was about to face another painful trial.
0: It wasn't long after that. My husband of nearly 20 years, it was brought out that he had been living a double life pretty much our entire marriage. And he abandoned me with four kids, left us destitute. We had no money, no food in the house. I had a a box of oatmeal, about a half a dozen eggs, and I think about a half gallon of milk as I recall. And it was the middle of a cold January, Michigan winter. We had about three foot of snow on the ground. And one morning my kids were like, Mom, there's no hot water. So I had no heat because the propane tank was empty. We ended up showering at the Y for three days. Um, I found out the home was being foreclosed. Nothing was in my name. I didn't know how long I had. They took my car. I literally lost Everything but what I could fit on a 12 by 20 car trailer. It was a time where, again, you're found going, God, are you watching? (laughs) What did I do? What has happened? Lord, I I don't understand, you know. And um, yeah, in that moment of loss, of not just relationship, you know, the other sacred relationship in this life other than God himself, you know, the loss of a marriage and um, things material, your home, your ministry. God revealed himself in such a deep way. And I became so intimately acquainted with him on those lonely nights where I was alone and not knowing where I was going to live.
1: So after four children and almost 20 years together, Becky's marriage was gone. As she worked through what to do next, she was spending time with a group of Christian parents who all had kids around junior high age. She was seeking friendship, only friendship, but she wound up finding love.
0: There was this guy that I kept hearing about that I never was at the same functions with, and his name was Dave. After my home blew up in divorce, you know, that I had no choice in, there's no hope of saving things, um he showed up at one of these functions. (laughs) We were meeting at the beach and here comes Dave in his motorcycle leathers with nothing but a bathing suit on underneath. (laughs) It was quite the impression, Um, which I still give him, you know, I give him a hard time about even today. Um, But uh, yeah, so it was funny. You know, my friends are like, you guys have similar stories. You really need to go to coffee. He loves Jesus and he's so devoted to God. And, you know, I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm married to Jesus now. I'm not doing the marriage thing ever again. I'm good. I'm good.
1: Long story short, Becky changed her mind after getting to know Dave and praying about whether God wanted them to serve him together. They got married in 2010, blending their two families. Dave already had two kids and Becky had her four. Today, they have two more young children at home. If you're keeping
2: up with the count, that makes eight children here on earth. But there's more to the story. You see, Becky and Dave also have six babies in heaven.
0: We had five pregnancy losses and we had one stillbirth. Uh, Our little boy, Nicholas, was stillborn. You know, you just have that crisis of faith yet again. But what we found is that he took us even deeper and he revealed even more of himself. And, um, you know, it was a lot of tears and a lot of wrestling But when you're willing to go honestly before God and work through that stuff and go to the Word of God, He teaches you who He is, and you learn to relinquish the big why and start saying, show me who you are and what do you want me to do with all of this, Lord?
2: Becky, as you can tell, has tremendous faith in Jesus and His goodness. And she's found a lot of that faith while making her way through loss. But Becky also points out that she doesn't have it all figured out.
0: God didn't create us for this brokenness. You know, he created us for perfect fellowship with him. And yet we chose the broken way. So, I mean, there's going to be things in our lives that we don't understand and we can't grasp ever because we weren't. We can't get our heads around it. And we definitely can't get our minds around an infinite God's plan, you know, with our little finite minds. We can't grasp it. It's something that we won't attain, but we can rest in His infinite plan. We can choose to trust Him and choose to believe that what He is working out is for our good and for His glorious revealing.
1: That's true, whether we're talking about abuse and loss or sickness and anxiety like so many people are dealing with now because of the coronavirus crisis. Becky has discovered she can experience peace and hope regardless of her circumstances when she trusts Jesus with those circumstances.
0: We love to ordain life the way we want it ordained. It's like here, God, here's my list. This is how I want my life to look. And when it doesn't go that way, we're mad at God. But the beauty is, is that surrendering it down and just accepting his will for my life and realizing that this world is not my home. I'm called to be a light and a source of light for him to use. Oh my goodness. You just, it's a different vision for the roads that we walk here, when we realize that it's not about the circumstance. It's about the Savior. It's about learning who He is, because that's eternal. The peace, when you relinquish it all and realize, I don't have to strive for anything. I don't have to make anything happen. I don't have to work hard at anything other than be completely focused on the Lord and what He calls me to do any given moment. That's all I have to do.
3: Cause I can be broken, I can be needy,
1: Maybe you've walked through pain and suffering like Becky Nordquist. Maybe you're walking through it right now. Becky wants you to know that Jesus Christ is with you And that he loves you more than you can comprehend. If you'd like to begin a
2: relationship with Jesus or deepen the one you already have, we are here to help you. Pay us a visit, please, online at
1: findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Becky's going to share some insight on dealing with any anxiety you may be feeling as a result of COVID-19. But first, you're going to hear part of a message from the Billy Graham Outreach, where Becky's husband, Dave, gave his life to Jesus. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.
3: It was God who established the first home, a man plus his wife, and then he blessed them with children. Billy Graham. And it was God himself who came daily to fellowship with Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden. Now what went wrong with the family? God had an ideal plan. What went wrong with it? Sin entered the garden of Eden and destroyed the family. And it wasn't long before families were breaking up in lust and greed and hate and jealousy and squabbling and abandonment of the family ideals and the family was disrupted all over the world. But God made a wonderful provision for the family. You know what he did? He sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins and your mistakes, whether you're a wife or a husband or a child, and laid them on Christ. Now God says, I'll forgive your past, and I'll give you a strength and a power to be the kind of husband and the kind of wife and the kind of child that you ought to be.
2: Well, if you would like to hear the message from where those remarks come, then visit the Billy Graham Audio Archives. It's at our website, billygramradio.org. When you get there, search for this title, The Successful Family. It comes from Billy Graham's 1976 crusade in Pontiac, Michigan, which just happens to be the very crusade
1: where our guest's husband surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And our guest is Becky Nordquist. She's a singer, songwriter, and speaker, as well as a wife and mom. And she has gone through devastating pain and loss. The lessons God has taught her through all of that heartache? Our lessons, she says, can help anyone who's dealing with anxiety over COVID-19.
0: You know, there's lots of times where we feel like things are spinning out of control, especially right now, and there's nothing we can do. But really, that's just not the truth. We can walk forward in confidence, knowing the Almighty God is already on the other side Of our crisis, regardless if that crisis is a pandemic or you just had the rug of your life ripped out from underneath you. Because He sits in victory, we can stand in it. It's my prayer today that you will choose to run to the arms of a loving, trustworthy Father.
2: That's a good reminder. That if you feel the need to have someone pray with you as you deal with all of the uncertainty surrounding the coronavirus, we've got a number that you can call. And better yet, on the other end of the phone is someone who wants to speak with you and pray with you. The phone number is 888-388-2683. That's the 24-hour prayer line that's been set up by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And number 888-388-2683. We also have the number in the show
1: notes. We want to thank Becky Nordquist for sharing her story and her insights with us on this episode of GPS. And we want to thank you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman, in quarantine, recording this at home. And I'm Jim Kirkland. GPS,
2: God, People, Stories, is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Good news.